Welcome to Shaky Sports Journeys, uh, another boxing episode lined up for you today. Um, please be sure to subscribe to the channel, be much appreciated. Uh, so today's guest, former British, former European, light middleweight champion and ex-world title challenger. A welcome to the podcast, Mr. Wayne Alexander. How are you, sir? Hello, Shaky. I'm fine. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I've been following your post closely. You're kept busy at home. You've got uh, your little girl with you. I believe you're a grandfather as well these days. So busy man with the girls. A young grandfather. I'm a young, young grandfather. grandfather. Very young. <laughs> yeah, um, I live with my nine-year-old daughter Shania. So she's getting me on my. She kept me busy. Um, kept me company over the past year. Um, and like you say, I've got I've got a grandkid, Skylar, who's who's 15 months and growing very quickly. I saw her for the first time in a few months last week, and my daughter is 18. So life, you know, life is okay. It could be a lot worse, you know. No, absolutely. You've got your health. Your kids are healthy. That's it. That's the main thing, my friend. So let's talk about the the career of Wayne Alexander today. First and foremost, how did you get into boxing, mate? Okay, I started boxing at the age of 11. I was I was a very hyperactive kid. You know, I couldn't keep still, you know what I mean? My mum used to say, you've got ants in your pants. You know what I mean? I was hyperactive, always getting in trouble, getting in little scuffs at school, you know, um, always up to mischief. And I had a, I had a couple of friends who was who were boxing for the local club in Croydon, which is where I, where I lived, Croydon, South London. They was boxing for a club called Croydon ABC. And they, they was talking about boxing one day and I, I joined in the conversation. And they told me where the club was. And I went to the club one evening. And you know that saying when they say you, you found what you're looking for. Within within half an hour of being in the gym, the smell, the atmosphere, you know, seeing the guys in the bags, watching the sparring, I just loved it. From from the first day I, I went in the gym, I loved it. And I knew that was what I wanted to do. The boxing come naturally to you? Yeah, it did. I must admit, it did. You know, um, I wasn't good at nothing else. <laughs> you know, what I mean, I was I wasn't good at school. You know, I was always getting told off at home. You know, what I mean, I wasn't I wasn't good at much or anything really. You know, what I mean, but when I went in the boxing gym, within within a couple of weeks, I was told that you know I'm I'm going to be a champion. I was I was um, looked upon as one of the, one of the best fighters in the in the in the club from the early days. So it was something that I felt comfortable. Doing. I felt I felt like I was in control when I was in the boxing gym. Did you have quite an extensive amateur career win? I had, I had a fairly extensive amateur career. I boxed for I boxed for ten years as an amateur from from the age of eleven until I was twenty two. I turned pro at twenty two. I had I had about eighty fights, winning winning over sixty. Wow. Um, so yeah, one. Won junior national titles, senior national titles, both of my country. So yeah, I had, I had a good, I had a good apprenticeship in the amateurs. You know, boxed abroad a few times, so I had a decent amateur career. How important do you think the amateur pedigree is when it comes to the pro ranks? I think it's very important. I mean, that's how you learn to box. Isn't it? That's, 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 that's your foundation, the amateur, the amateur game. You learn to box as an amateur, so I think it's, it's good. That you have, you know, a good five, six years as an amateur, you know, um, 
maybe even box abroad and, you know, win a, win a, win a, a national title or box for your country. I believe that, you know, um, the fundamentals of a good pro is a good amateur. Even to this day, most professional champions were decent amateurs, you know? You haven't got to be a brilliant amateur to be a, brilliant, to be a good pro, but, you know, you need to have a sound amateur background, I believe. When you turn pro, a question I want to ask you is, what was the week of Wayne Alexander like when it comes to training? What was your kind of diary? What would your what would your week look like? As a pro? Yes. As a pro, I turned pro with Jimmy Tibbs. Um, and I would be at the gym Monday to Friday. I would be at the gym from from nine o'clock until eleven o'clock. You know, we'd have we'd have a good a good warm-up, a good stretch out. And then um we'll start shadow boxing, maybe with weights. We'd do probably four or five rounds of shadow boxing. And then after that, we'd do we'd do sparring. You know, I'd, I'd probably spar six, seven rounds. Then after sparring, I'd do do bag work. Probably do about three rounds on the bags. Then after the bag work, we'd do um, ground work, which is like floor exercises. Mm-hmm. You know, sit ups, um, press ups. You know, all your ground, all your ground stuff. Then after that, we'd um, stretch out. And it, it sounds pretty straightforward it sounds easy but you know over space of an hour and a half is you know it's quite it's quite intense you know um, and we do that Monday to Friday I'd, I'd run I'd run two days on and one day off you know probably what, what, doing, kind of, what kind of distances would you cover when you're running when I first turned pro when I first turned pro I was only doing I was only doing six rounds four and six rounds so I'd I'd do two out two miles sorry I do I do two miles um, every other day, but at a good good pace. I never liked running, so I had to, I had, to um, <laughs> had to force myself to run. I must admit, I didn't I didn't like running, but you know I, I did it. That's the main thing I did it. But I'd say I'd say two miles every other day. I started off at then stepped up as I as I got more experience and started doing more more rounds. I'd I'd um, step up to three or four miles. You, you had kind of a, a split career with your trainers. So you started with Jimmy Tibbs and then did you move, you moved on to another trainer? Yeah, I was with Jimmy from, from 1995 until 2004. So yeah, a major part of my career was with Jimmy Tibbs. With Jimmy, um, I won the Southern area, British and European title with, with Jimmy Tibbs. So I've got a lot, of, a lot to thank Jimmy Tibbs for. And the last the last three years of my career, I I went with John Breen in in Northern Ireland in Belfast, um, where How I won. The, sorry, how was that for you? It was it was um a change, you know. They say a change is good to rest. You know, I needed a change, a change of environment, a change of scenery. You know, um, to rededicate myself. You know, um, it was it was a great experience to spar with different guys and just be in a different environment. You know, learning new things. You know, um, were you over? Were you over in Ireland quite a lot? The last three years of my career, I was there for eight to ten weeks per, for a fight. So I went, I went there for, for two months at a time for a fight. I had, I had five fights in in Belfast, or in, I, I had five fights when I was training with John Breen. How do you like the Irish? I like them. I get more of them there. They're, they're good people. Yeah. Um, 
I must admit, when I first when I first went to Northern Ireland, I um I was a bit I was a bit nervous. I was thinking about all the troubles and you know what I mean thinking if I'd fit in being you know being a black guy in Belfast. I must admit, mm-hmm. when I when I was flying over over um Belfast City Airport, I thought Wayne, you're not going to last long here, mate. You know I can't I can't see you lasting long here. That's the truth. I honestly thought that I'd, I'd be home in a couple of weeks, but within within a couple of days, I was made to feel at home. I, I was living with a guy called Chris Hughes and his son. Um, so Mickey Hughes and his son Chris Hughes and um, I was made to feel at home you know it was like it was like a training camp I met John Breen and John Breen you know made me feel at home and all the guys in the gym you know Amy McGee Jim Rock Neil Sinclair they made me feel at home so I I felt good I felt great it was a, it was a great environment and I you know I enjoyed it you what were your strengths in the ring you, you've, you clearly had power. You know, I looked at your record, seen you fight before as well. 18 knockouts on your record in your pro career. So you were clearly a banger. You could hit hard. But, yeah. you know, was that one of your main attributes? What else What else were your strengths in the ring? Well, like I said, my strengths were, was my strength. You know, my punching power was my strength. Um, I, would, I would say that, I would say my, my, def, my defence was... Um, under underrated, you know. I wouldn't call I wouldn't call it a strength, but it was it was underrated. It was, it was you know it was um, better than what people what people people gave me credit for. But like I say, my main strength was my power punching. Um, I was I could work inside very good as well. Working inside body punching, which is not something which a lot of fighters um, focus on now. I was a good I was a good inside fighter. Yeah, you like to rough people up. Get get inside and get to work. Yeah, inside inside work, you know, is, is a trade which is not used a lot by fires now. But I was, I was a good, decent inside fire, you know. What was your jab? Was your jab important to you? My jab was deceiving. You know, it wasn't it wasn't very fast, but when it landed, I was told it felt like a right hand. <laughs> you know what I mean, um, <laughs> my my jab my jab was it was stiff stiff hard, but you know, it wasn't wasn't as snappy as. As it, as it could have been, but I had, a, I had a decent job, you know. Um, my actual boxing ability wasn't great, you know. I wasn't, I wasn't great. I wasn't great on the on the back foot. I must admit, you know, I wasn't um a stick and move merchant. You know what I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't um the best at boxing on the back foot. But like I said, um, when it landed, when my jab landed, uh, you knew about it. Okay, tell me about the three biggest fights of your career from your point of view. If you were to look back in your whole career, what would be the three main fights that come to mind? The three main fights, that's a good one. You know, you put me on the you put me on the spot there. I mean, my three main fights, I'll have to I'll have to mention an amateur fight. I'd have to mention an amateur fight. You know, I was an amateur for 10 years. So I would I would say my my finest amateur achievement was probably winning the ABA title in 1994 against a very good fighter in Stephen Bendel from from Coventry. He was he was a, a multinational champion in England is national. Um and I beat him in the first round, you know, um in a fight in which I thought was gonna gonna be hard, you know, harder than what than what it turned out to be. But winning the ABA title is every every amateur's dream. You know, I remember watching it watching the ABAs as a kid in the eighties. You know, like some like some Nigel Ben and even Frank Bruno, watching that on on, on BBC with 
with Harry Carpenter doing the commentary. So it was a dream, it was a dream come true to actually be in the ABA final and have Harry Carpenter doing the commentary for me. So that I would say is one of my finest moments. Um, number two, number two would have to be winning the British title. Yep. Winning, the, winning the Lonsdale belt is every is every pro's dream. Who is that again? Um, who, did, who did you? Who did you? What was the fight? What was the fight? Where was the fight? Who were you fighting? I fought a guy called Paul Samuels, who was undefeated himself. I was I was thirteen and know, and he was fifteen and know. A big oh, puncher yeah. as well from Wells, from Newbridge in Wells. Um, it was an even, even, evenly matched fight. He was trained by uh, the late um, Joel Kawasaki's father, um, Enzo Kawasaki. Kawasaki. Um, sorry, not Enzo Kawasaki. Joel Kawasaki's father. Yeah, trained, oh, yeah. trained him. Trained him. So um, it was it was live on Sky. It was on the, on the undercard of Harry Simon defending his WBO World Title. So it was a it was a big build to be on. And um, winning winning that British title was was a dream come true. You know, it was it was um, it was a belt held by you know, good fighters in the past: Harold Graham, Chris Pyatt. So um, yeah, winning winning the Lonzo belt was was a great a great achievement for me. You know, um, a dream come true. And then what's the what's the highlight? What was the pinnacle? What was your third biggest third best fight? The third best fight will have to be the fight against Takalu. Um, that is a fight which to this day everyone everyone talks about. You know, um, me and Takalu had a had a big history. You know, we we sparred together when we was with Jimmy Tibbs back in the day. Um, so everyone knows about it, about the history of our sparring, and you know, um, the fight was the fight was spoken about for two or three years before it happened. It was a big big fight, massive fight at your call. In two thousand and four, and again it was it was it was tattered to be an even even Stevens fight, even money fight, and I you know I scored a big knockout in the second round, and that fight is a fight which, in my whole career, people still talk about. You know, if you talk about my name, that is the fight that everyone mentions. So that would have to be you know in the top three. That's brilliant, British chip, British title. European title. I mean, these are these are pinnacles yeah. of a lot of fighters don't get to that point when. So you know, you ABA champion in the amateurs. You did it all in your career. Challenge for the world title as well. Yeah, I challenged Harry Simon at short notice, twenty four hours notice. Twenty four um, hours notice for a world yeah, title shot. Twenty four hours notice. Um, long story short, he he had a fight, a fight um, in witness. That's where the fight was. He's supposed to be different. Defended his title in witness and his opponent pulled out, couldn't make the weight. So um, I, had a, I had a phone call the night before asking me do I want to fight. We we agreed on the purse. <laughs> I, had to get, I had to get paid well, so we agreed on the purse. And I was in training for for a title defence in a couple of weeks, so I was in decent, decent shape, you know. So I, I travelled up to witness um, with a group of friends. 24 hours notice, made the weight and fought Harry Simon, um, undefeated world champion from Namibia. And he, 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 I would say, was the best fighter I fought. You know, he had it, he had it all speed, power, good chin. 
I had him. I had him hurt in the second round, and he, you know he he, um, he held a shot and he he came on and stopped me in the fifth round through you know through experience, and I you know I started to get a bit tired, but it was a great experience to, to fight Harry Simon who who retired undefeated. But Wayne, you know, reckon if you'd had a camp and you'd been able to train specifically for him and be ready for that, you know, that style that you're going in, 24 hours is not a, a great amount of time, whether you were in good condition or not, but to get actually prepared for that fighter, I mean, you're, the game plan and everything, you're going, you would have been working on that. Do you reckon if you'd had a had another decent shot at it with a camp, you could have turned, you could have, you could have done him? I wouldn't say I would have done it, but I would have definitely given him a better fight, 100%, yeah. I would have liked to have had an eight-week training camp, you know, mm -hmm. proper sparring, you know, um, and being prepared a lot better. But, you know, um, being in the ring with him was, was an honour. But like, like you said, if I'd been given more time, perhaps I could have beaten him. I had him hurt in the second round, you know. Um, and if I was in better shape, I probably would have or could have stopped him in that round, you know. But I was, you know, I was, um, I was cautious as well about about lasting the twelve rounds. You know, I didn't want to blow myself out. So that's, you know, that's that's probably the toughest, the toughest man you've been in the ring with. You know, what, what an experience. Why, why did, why didn't you get more? Did you, did, did no other opportunities come to fight for the world title? Um, I had a chance to fight, to fight. Um. My memory's gone now, you know. Um, to, to fight for the WBL title a few a few years later against Santos, a guy called Santos, and I uh, I was injured, so I had to pull out of that fight. And and Takalu took that fight. Takalu took that fight and lost on points. And um, the rest is history, you know. Um, if I'd been a bit more bit more dedicated towards the end of my career, I perhaps would have got would have got a world title shot. But you know, I. I started slacking in training the last the last couple of years of my career. Um, I got a bit lazy when I shouldn't have, and you know, um, as you get older, injuries can reoccur a lot a lot more. You know, um, so I pulled out of a couple of fights through injury as well. So some of it is my is my is my fault as well. You know, mental side of boxing, it's not easy. When, like you say, no. getting yourself up for those runs getting yourself in the gym every single day as you start to get older, yeah. I'd imagine you start to feel oh, could do with a rest today and whatnot. How did you deal with with that kind of mental side of boxing? Yeah, it was it was hard. Like I said, I, I boxed from the age of eleven. So um, you know, by the time I got to my to my thirties, you know, um also I got disillusioned with the game, but I started I started to get a bit lazy. I didn't I didn't want to train as I should have, you know, I must admit I didn't I didn't train as hard as I should have the last the last two or three years, just just by getting lazy. So, um, but you know, I was in the I was in the game from the age of eleven years old. So you know, it's, it's a long time to to dedicate your life. I dedicated my life to to training from the age of eleven, and towards the end, I got a bit like I say, got a bit lazy, and um, you know, I regret it. But um, like you said, I achieved my dreams. You know. Um, you gotta be happy with what you've got having you, I suppose. But yeah, like I said, the last couple of years, I I didn't train like I should have, you know, I got lazy. No, but like you said, a lot of fighters would dream to achieve what you've achieved in the ring. So, you know, you you went to the pinnacle of your career, you fought for world titles, you know, that's that's 
that's that's that's impressive for a, an eleven year old boy who walked into the gym with with big dreams. So you know, good for you, Thank my friend. You. Good for you. You fought in Scotland. Tell me about that experience. Yes, your hometown. I fought. I fought Joe Townsley in at the Billy Houston Centre. Not in, far from me. Not far from me. No, around the corner. Um, in two thousand and one. I think it was my first defence of the British title. It was on the undercard of of Steve Robinson defending his defending his WBO world title, um, and I won in I won in two rounds in a fight in which I thought would have been harder, but I was in, I was in I was in very good shape for that fight. I was in tremendous. How, how was the Scottish crowd when you turned up? Um, a bit hostile, <laughs> a bit hostile. Um, you know, um, which is expected. Um, yeah. But you know, um, once the bell goes, it's just me and Joe, isn't it? It's just me. It just it just a rings a ring. So um, the crowd didn't really get to me. But yeah, it was it was hostile. You know, I never had no, I never had no many fans put it that way. Did they respect you after the win? Not really. <laughs> Not really. I, I I do remember. I do remember actually um, being outside the arena. After the, the show had finished, and there was a load of them, um, and that obscenities. So I won't, <laughs> I won't say what those shouting, but okay, there wasn't, okay. there was, there wasn't happy, you know. So yeah. I didn't get great treatment from the crowd, but I was glad to win. But Glasgow itself is a nice, is a nice city. Uh, you know, I had a good time out afterwards. You know what I mean? Um, went to a few bars afterwards. You know what I mean? So the town and the city is, is the city is a nice, is a nice place. No, absolutely. I'm sure they were all rooting for their, their man that night in the other corner, so that's why they were all a wee bit, up, wee bit upset when you came and ruined the party win. Look, you, you finished up your, your, your boxing career with uh, 27 fights, yeah. 24 wins, 18 big knockouts. You had three defeats on your record. That's a pretty impressive record to have, especially the 18 knockouts, which kind of echoes that you had a lot of power in the ring. What did it feel like to retire. You know what? Like I said to you, um, the last couple of years of my career, I was I was getting very lazy. You know, it was hard to get up in the morning and and, and train. Um, you know, and I was I was pushing myself. I, I was I, you know I wasn't doing it because I because re I really really wanted to. You know, I I regret it now. So when I when I retired from boxing. I knew I knew that I wouldn't come back. You know, a lot of fighters when they when they retire, within a year or two they're they're, they're coming back. But because because I didn't train so hard in my last two years, when I finished boxing, that was it. I, I didn't I didn't train I didn't train at all. So to be honest with you, I must admit I I didn't really struggle that badly with um wanting to come back to the game. You know um you know like I said I um I lived my dream. So you know, I was, I was, I was content. You know, I was, I was, I was content. You know, um, yeah. So I, I can't, I can't say to you that I, you know, I, I, I struggled when I, yeah. when I retired. When I retired, you know, um, obviously, obviously, you have, you have so many regrets, didn't you? I mean, most, most people have regrets in life in general, don't Absolutely. they? So Absolutely. I, I had regrets. You know, I wish I'd won. I wish I'd won the Lonsdale Bet outright. I wish I'd, wish I'd won a a world title, you know, um, a genuine world title, which I never, so, you know, I wasn't going to dwell on it, you know, I was happy with what I'd done and, you know, I, I just moved on. 
refereeing these days. Well, not for a while. You haven't been because of the the pandemic and whatnot. But uh, you stayed in boxing and uh, you yeah. went into to being a, a referee. Talk to me about how you got involved in it and and how you enjoy it. Yeah, look, refereeing is the, is the nearest thing to fighting for me. You know, what I mean, being in the ring and you know watching two guys in action and being in, being in charge is a is a great feeling. Um, I've been doing it now for about nine years now, eight or nine years, and, and I'm liking it a lot. You know, I've got a license with the um, BIBA. Um, um, I also work with Queensbury Queensbury Boxing League, um, and also um, I work for Scott Biz, um, who promotes the white collar white collar boxing. Yeah. So you know, I work with a few a few promoters. I work with about five or six promoters at the moment. Um, I was I was getting a lot of work the last the last three years. I was getting I was getting quite quite busy. You know, the name was my name was getting about, and I was you know I was quite active every maybe every fortnight. I was I was refereeing, and um, last year from December to from December to March, I was very very busy. And then, as we know, the um, pandemic came, and which was disappointing. But we all we all suffered the same thing. So hopefully, hopefully, the summer this year I'll be back again. Hopefully, I've got a date actually for July with um with Premier Boxing League. So hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll I'll be back to how I was eight months ago. Well, sounds good. Sounds good. Any advice? What would Wayne Alexander's be advice be to a young eleven-year-old Wayne Alexander or a young teenager Wayne Alexander in amateur boxing or a pro fighter? What would you, the best advice you would give them in boxing? Best advice: um, stay, stay focused, dedicate yourself, live the life. You know, it's a, it's a short career, and to just give your best shot. You don't want to, you don't want to retire with any regrets. So give your best shot, stay focused, train hard, rest hard. That's about it really, you know, give your best shot. My last, last couple of questions for you. Who is your greatest fighter? Who's your idol in boxing? My idol, I've, I've got a few. I'll, i i i give you two. Um, Roberto Duran. Wow, great fight. Stone, yeah, he's you know um, a legend. You know, he's, he's an all-time great. You know, he he was a world champion from from lightweight up until super middleweight. You know, um, so he's he's definitely um, one of my greatest fighters. Also, I suppose the best fighter of all time, Sugar Ray Robinson. Wow, um, he, he's he's you know without that in many people's eyes, the best fighter of all time. You know, he had it, he had it all. But, you know, there, there are so many. I mean, obviously, Muhammad Ali, you know, I like I liked him a lot. You know, um, Ray Robinson. Sorry, Ray Leonard. You know, oh, was another, you know, I watched so, a bit of Leonard and um, Hearns, a couple of their fights recently. Yeah. What's yeah. fights like that anymore? Not, not to that, not to that tempo of just constant back and forth but they had a great mix there with Duran as well in the mix as well and obviously Marvin Hagler who sadly recently passed away those four were just that was incredible 
Yeah, the Fab Four. You never see that again, will you? Um, I remember in the eighties when I, you know, when I just started boxing. They, you know, they was they was the elite world champions, and I love watching them. You know, like you say, um, Hagler, may rest in peace. Is also one of my one of my best fighters. You know, I loved it. I loved his style. You know, um, I try to copy his style. When he, you know, he used to turn southpaw, didn't he? He, yeah. he was southpaw and orthodox. I like the way he switched. No, I tried to do it as well. I weren't as good as him, but um, <laughs> um, I got the bald head like him as well. Though, but, yeah, you got a bald head. You definitely got a bald head. He was, he was an idol of mine as well. So I, I, if you was sometimes I, I I change as well. I would I would say I probably got five fighters who I would say are my best of all time. You know, no, it's, five, it's, uh, five pretty decent names. You've 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 given some some great yeah. names. If you were to choose one of them to fight, who would it have been? To fight, yeah, Duran, I think. Duran, yeah, yeah. Um, you would have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, I would try my best. You know, he's he's made for me, isn't he? He's, he's in your face, so um, it would definitely be a war, wouldn't it? Um, I'd probably get beat, but you know, um, just to be in the ring with someone like him would be great, wouldn't it? The hands of stone, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a pleasure to chat to you, sir. Um, you know, you've given a real good insight into you. I mean, we could probably talk boxing all day with you, Wayne. You know, you've been in the game for, for so many years, but, you know, it's been good to, to get a feel for your, your journey along the way. Uh, you've, you've fought all over the world. You achieved amazing things in the ring. I, I congratulate you, and I wish you all the very best. Hopefully, back in the ring refereeing soon, and uh, stay healthy and stay safe, my friend. Thank you very much for having me. You keep up the good work. and um. Hopefully, um, I'll see you one day. You Definitely. You ever get yourself to Glasgow, my friend, or ever get down your neck of the woods, we'll catch up for sure. It'll be a pleasure to, pleasure to meet you. Definitely. You stay safe as well, yeah? Take care, mate. Take care. Bye. Bye.